This is Solidarity News on Radio Labour. This is a Radio Labour World Report recorded on Friday, April 15th, 2022. I'm Mark Belanger. In the report this week, how Palestinian unions won a major increase in the minimum wage. The General Secretary of the British Trades Union Congress announces she will not run again. The Labour Start report about union events and singing. This is Radio Labour. One of the most active labor movements in the Middle East is in Palestine. It is led by the Palestinian General Federation of Trade Unions, the PGFTU, which has about 260,000 members. Recently, the PGFTU and its affiliated unions conducted a campaign to raise the minimum wage in Palestine above the poverty line. How They Won is the subject of a recent podcast by the Solidarity Center in the United States. The center is the largest U.S.-based international workers' rights organization. The podcast was hosted by the executive director of the center, Shauna Baderblau. Like workers everywhere, workers in Palestine want a fair day's pay for a fair day's work. But many people in Palestine, as around the world, are paid too little to support themselves and their families. Unions in Palestine are working to change that, and they are making significant progress in boosting the minimum wage and pushing lawmakers and recalcitrant employers to establish and honor a wage floor for all workers. Here to tell us more is Mohamed Badri. Mohamed works in the West Bank at the Palestinian cellular firm Joel, where he heads up the union at the company. He has been deeply involved in union campaigns to raise the minimum wage and recently was elected to the Executive Committee and General Secretariat of the Palestinian General Federation of Trade Unions, or PGFTU. The PGFTU is the umbrella federation for unions across the West Bank and Gaza. Mohammed will refer to the 48th region, and these are the lands of historic Palestine, which became Israel in 1948. Now let's hear from Mohammed. My name is Mohamed Al-Badri. I started working at Jawal in 2000 and I'm still working there. In uh, uh, March 2021, there was a dialogue, uh, a, co- a conference for dialogue between the different production uh, entities and uh, 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 those responsible uh, for from uh, the unions of Palestine. And the discussion was that uh, this uh, minimum wage that was already reached in 2012, which equals uh, 400, uh, almost 450 uh, dollars, was not enough for workers uh, to uh, cover or afford their living. It was not good for them to lead a a life with dignity, so it needs to be increased. So the struggle in 2021 was to raise or to increase the minimum wage, the monthly minimum wage, which is almost 450 USD compared to the minimum wage in the 48th region, which is 1,298 USD per month, where the same living conditions almost prevail and the same prices too. But the minimum wage in the Palestinian territories is much lower than that. 
Uh, in a recent study uh, uh, produced uh, by the uh, Palestinian Central Bureau for Statistics in 2020, uh, they reported uh, that uh, the uh, uh, poverty uh, line uh, is uh, at 1,976 uh, 1, shekels, which is almost uh, 550 uh, uh, USD dollar per month. And uh, the, uh, uh, the uh, uh, a poorest uh, uh, line uh, or poverty line uh, is uh, 2,470 shekels, which is almost uh, uh, 700 uh, USD dollar per month. And uh, compared to the minimum wage that is prevailing uh, since 2012, this, uh, there is a gap between uh, 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 the, the minimum wage uh, employ uh, workers receive and uh, the poverty line. And uh, by the end of uh, this uh, uh, conference, uh, we have uh, reached uh, the following uh, uh, most important achievements that uh, we managed uh, to uh, uh, get uh, was to increase uh, the minimum wage to 1,880 uh, shekels, which is almost uh, 750 USD per month. You can hear the full half-hour interview with Mohammed Badri at solidaritycenter.org. Frances O'Grady, the General Secretary of the British Trades Union Congress, has announced that she will not be running for another term. The TUC represents 6 million workers in 48 unions. Ms. O'Grady is the first woman to have led the organization. Radio Labour has covered her fights for equality in the workplace, a just climate change transition for workers, the need for supporting the international labour movement, and many other issues. But perhaps the interview which best described her commitment to the labour movement came in 2018, when the TUC was celebrating its 150-year history. As part of the celebration, workers were asked to recount their stories about the struggles working people faced as they built the Congress. I asked Ms. O'Grady if she had been looking into the origins of the Trades Union Congress in the UK. So I have been looking back at the history and it's quite moving really about just the courage that people had and the sacrifice that they made. And you know, maybe we need uh, a bit more courage too. But when you look at those original demands for an eight-hour day, for free education, working-class people in Parliament, still pretty relevant. We need to remember that this was sowing the seeds. The TUC Congress was sowing the seeds for this new wave of trade unionism that we then begin to see emerge in the 1880s and 1890s of mass trade unionism for the first time, unions springing up or opening their doors to women, to young people, to the unskilled. These incredible strikes led by teenage girls, the match women, their right to have a voice at work as well as real health and safety concerns and resentments about pay. And then on to the Dockers and their fight for the Tanner, which became a big public campaign. And maybe we're in one of those times again when we need to call on our friends and allies way beyond our own ranks because the forces against us are great. But the more people we have backing us, the more we can fight back. So there are so many lessons, I think. Do you see parallels between the struggles of those working men and women of 150 years ago and the struggles of today? 
I think we may have different names for the struggles that people face, but the zero hours, the insecurity at work, the low pay, the inequality would be all too familiar to the pioneers of the TUC. Back then, we had mass migration, in that case from the countryside to cities. We had a a massive pay squeeze following financial liberalisation and the collapse of the largest joint stock bank and huge public protests. And that was when those trade union leaders got together and said, we need union unity. We need to come together under the banner of the TUC. Here with his report about union events is Labour Start correspondent Derek Blackadder. This week, our top story section included links to coverage of the latest moves in the Russian government's campaign to discredit and imprison independent journalists, and how the Global Union Federation, UNI, is expanding its support for Ukrainian refugees now living in Poland. We also carried news about the national strike at Amazon France this week, the 17th National Conference of South Africa's National Union of Mine Workers, and the reaction of the Liberian Union Movement to one of their own winning this year's Arthur Svensson Prize. For our Working Women page, our volunteers found stories about the problems that have arisen in the implementation of the Nurses' Pay Equity Settlement in New Zealand, and why women workers in Australia are up in arms about employment contracts that require workers to keep their rates of pay a secret from their co-workers. Next week, we'll be carrying Industrial's global study of sexual violence and harassment in the global garment mining and electronics sectors. It will also survey union responses and evaluate their successes and failures in addressing workplace gender violence. A small sample of the stories appearing on our health and safety page in Newswire this week includes coverage of a one-day walkout over inadequate personal protective equipment by USian nurses and an angering study funded by the Canadian Labour Congress that details just how pervasive workplace violence is in that country. We also had coverage of the struggles of Cambodian construction workers for whom workplace safety is literally a life-and-death issue. Even as garment and hospitality workers in that country begin to see small gains after years of struggle for basic labor rights, builders are now starting to organize, having learned from the experiences of their comrades in those sectors. Our current photo of the week is of members of the National Garment Workers Federation in Bangladesh. Each year, the union marks the anniversary of the deaths of 1,134 workers on what is known as Rana Plaza Murder Day. During the entire month of April, it organizes events leading up to the anniversary, starting with the pictured Never Again rally in Dhaka. Our current photo of the week is of members of the National Garment Workers Federation of Bangladesh. Each year, the union marks the anniversary of the deaths of 1,134 workers on what is known as Rana Plaza Murder Day. During the entire month of April, it organizes events leading up to the anniversary, starting with the pictured Never Again rally in Dhaka on the 1st of April. This is Derek Blackadder from Labor Start, reporting for Radio Labor. Okay, Bogart, go away. Shoo, shoo. This is Derek Blackadder from Labor Start, reporting for Radio Labor. No kittens were hurt in the production of this program. 
Now here is a song produced by the British Trade Union Congress, Let's Work Together. Together we'll stand, divided we'll fall. Come on now people, let's get on the ball, let's work together. Come on, come on, let's work together. Because together we will stand, every boy, every girl. And that's it, labor news you can use. You can listen to our daily newscasts and features at radiolabor.net. I'm Mark Belanger. Thank you for listening. And remember, it's all about global solidarity.